Hello storygoers and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. Happy New Year, happy 2024. Woo. We hope everyone had a good holiday season. But Ryan, how are you and what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a couple little things and then one big thing. Um, I will start with little things. I played a game and actually as soon as I started playing this game, I uh, had uh, my partner reach out to you. I've been playing a game called Little Gator yes. Game. It's, I finished it the other day. It's a very short, really cute game, kind of inspired by a short hike, but also very heavily inspired by, like, the Legend of Zelda series, and then also just very inspired by, like, having, growing up, and what it's like to grow up, and having an older sibling, and all that kind of stuff, and it's just a really charming, beautiful game, and was really sweet, and just really fun, Um, so a really great game, definitely suggest folks check it out, it only probably takes, like, three or four hours to, like, 100%, Uh, really wonderful and charming. Um, Chance of Sinar, I just finished as well, which is, like, a um, puzzly game where you're, like, deciphering language. Um, very similar to the other, um, you know, brainy games, uh, that I've been playing, which I'll talk more about later. Um, and then Baldur's Gate 3, I have been kind of trying to get farther in it as I have not finished Act 1 yet, or actually I've just (laughs) finished Act 1. That's the farthest I've gotten in any of my playthroughs. So I have like my own game I'm playing, I'm playing a game with my partner, and I'm just trying to get a little bit farther because I have not gotten any farther than that. And I feel like... A lot of the really cool stuff is that, like, the stuff you did in Act 1 shows up later, and I haven't seen any of that. So mm. um, I've been playing more of that, and that's all been very fun and chill and wonderful. Um, Eric, how are you? What have you been playing? I'm good. I I am excited. This has been my most exciting part of this episode already, Ryan. I've, I've, been, I've been dreaming of that this day since <laughs> uh, since things had happened since the holidays. I'm moving my microphone over, or moving my camera over so you can see better. All right, Ryan, I don't know if you noticed, but I have a new chair. What? It, I do. I know. I got it for the Christmas, but but here we go. But it, it does squeak a little bit. It, uh-huh. See here, it does squeak a little bit, which is unfortunate. Anything. I hear nothing. It's just, I think it just kind of. <laughs> oh, you hear nothing? I hear nothing. I mean, I I'm trust sure the mic you. will pick it up. I trust <laughs> you, but, yeah. But Ryan, more importantly, is that while this chair is fantastic, I have evolved further. And hold up. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, Where are you going? my screen Eric, is rising as I going? am too. And oh I also, awkwardly, like half standing, I got a, a standing desk. Amazing. I have transcended. You're... I have transcended, Ryan. Oh, man. Bringing standing energy to the first episode of 2024. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. That's very exciting. I... I don't. And the, the, I'm looking at the the sound volume thing on our on our <laughs> recording thing. And it's just everywhere. I'm sure it's like the, It's just so loud. I I never want to go back. It's I amazing. love the yeah. sandy desk. Yeah. It, it makes it makes this chair this beautiful chair. My partner yeah. got me both things. It makes this what beautiful chair. What an amazing gift. It, it, well, beautiful, amazing gift, but just. It's just the standing desk, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel bad. I, yep. I just want to just stand at this desk yep. all day. It's pretty great. It's so much fun. We are going to play Lethal Company yeah. today, mm-hmm. and I will be standing for that, I yeah. think. I yeah, don't think you I'll should. be sitting. You should stand so, yeah. you're, so you're ready. Uh, uh, so wonderful. Really exciting. I was very excited. I didn't want to tell you, though. I wanted to surprise you on Tales. <laughs> That's a genuine reaction. Amazing. Uh, I, I, see, I see how you live now, and it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's I highly great. recommend anyone get a same yeah, desk. It's really good. If, if, you, if you can. Yeah. And it's, it's like a, it's, it's kind of, it, first first world problems, right? Like For sure, yeah. So take it for what it is, you know, inside me. Um, I'm good, though. I'm good. I'm standing. I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> it is a winter wonderland out right beautiful. now. It yep. is snowing like crazy. You know, it's going to be like close to 50 on Wednesday, I think, yep. here in Maine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but global warming. 
Global know, warming's not real. Obviously not. <laughs> totally normal thing where this is our first snow of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been good. I have been playing, of course, Fortnite still. Um, I also beat God of War Valhalla. Yeah. I really ch- I really put myself in Kratos. I won't spoil anything in, in, in this. So if you haven't played yet, don't worry. I'm not going to spoil anything. I want to put myself in Kratos' position, though, because this is a roguelike. And this is Kratos, cha- Kratos challenging himself. So they did it all on Mastery. Oh, and man. And it was so I infuriating. Bet that was and so hard. And like it's, it kind of brought me back to those times back in like a t- as a teenager where like I had to beat games on the hardest difficulty or else I was not yeah. I was not good enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and there was a moment where I I stopped and I was like, do I really need to play this on Mastery? Because I was really back and forth on just putting it back on to whatever the one before Mastery was. Yeah. Um, but I decided I wanted to continue on Mastery because I really was enjoying it, and that had to be the focal point. So I just wanted to do the PSA, PSA for everybody out there. If you are playing a game because you think you need to be good enough at something, and you're playing the hardest difficulty, give yourself a break. Yeah. If you're enjoying it, keep going. If not, change the difficulty. There's no harm in it. No one's going to know. You're not breaking any records. It's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what that's what I need someone to tell me. So I'm glad <laughs> I, yeah. Kratos showed me the way. Mm-hmm. Man, by the way, not, not saying anything yeah. about the game itself, but that DLC should have been a paid DLC. It's, it's it's astounding to me. It was free. Yeah, astounding. Yeah. It was probably one of my favorite experiences this year of twenty twenty three. Yeah, even though I played it technically in twenty twenty four, but that's not the point. Uh, no, I, I started in twenty twenty three, so yeah, I'm good. Yeah, sorry, you're covered. I'm talking to myself. Um, it was so good. Mm-hmm. It was just it was better than it had any right to be mm-hmm. as a small DLC. That man, I just kept pulling me back. If you love roguelikes and you love God of War. Even if you don't like God of War, I think you'd still like this. Yeah, it's just like, very it is fun. so good. Yeah, I actually, um, <laughs> I'm going off on a lot of tangents today. That's okay. Did you hear about um, the creator of God of War, the original God of War series, oh, David Jaffe? Vienna Hooligan. Did you hear about yeah, this? Yeah, I did hear about that. Yes, yeah. um, he he came out uh, in a I think he had a self published YouTube video talking about his dislike of the current trajectory of Kratos and where he's going and how he disagrees with like where Kratos his characterization and how the writers of the new series are instilling their own values into Kratos and he thinks that's wrong uh-huh. and I just want to say for myself here at Tales I'm so happy that David Jaffe is not a part of the God of War team anymore <laughs> yeah. I'm so so happy yeah. I cannot say how happy I am that he's not a part of the team anymore because what they are doing what Sony Santa Monica is doing with Kratos and the story of God of War is just so good we talk about narratives a lot but man like yeah. this there's nothing like it, it. Nothing like it. Yeah. Every single game since 2018, the 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 new one, Ragnarok, Valhalla. Each one has made me think about myself in a different way and kind of really do some not like soul searching, but but kind of internalized thinking about myself and my my thought processes and my values. And games don't really do that a whole lot of times. And God of War does. And like, man, it just everything they talk about. Is so mature. It's such a men- it's such a healthy mental health perspective, and really chair. It's really like God of War cognitive behavioral therapy because everything that <laughs> yeah. everything that happens is is kind of what you do in, in cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. which is kind of wild. Um, but I, won't, I don't want to get into that because I kind of spoilers stuff. So I don't. If you know, you know. If not, ask us and I'll expound a little bit. But, <laughs> love God of War Viola. I can't. I'm it's I'm so actually really sad that I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, but we will be playing Lethal Company a little bit mm-hmm. later today That'll with our friend exciting. Dave. Yeah. Um, and then I bought last or two nights ago. I bought Assassin's Creed Mirage. This is on sale, mm-hmm. and yeah. I thought is that or Alan Wake Two? And I thought, you know what? I I want to give. I I don't know if this is the right thinking, but like between Ubisoft and uh, Remedy, 
mm-hmm. Remedy make? Yeah. I kind of want to give Remedy more of my money. Mm, totally fair. Then yeah. Ubisoft, which makes a lot, I, I imagine a lot more because they have so many more titles. So I just felt like that was kind of my, my thinking. And plus I want to play the Assassin's Creed game. Really it's bad, also much so. shorter, I think, than Alan Wake. So I think it won't take you nearly as long to power through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine. And I was thinking this morning how fun it would be uh, and by fun, I mean awful, to go through our backlog mm-hmm. and just talk about all the games we've never played. <laughs> just really hurt everyone that listens yeah, to us really who probably loves a lot of these games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That'd be a fun um, episode. We go through like the top games of every year and figure out which ones we have not touched. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. even better. That's yeah. even better. Yeah. Let's really just roast ourselves into a corner. <laughs> the, roast ourselves into a corner? Yeah. I don't know if that's a saying, but it, it is sh- now. It is now, yeah. <laughs> Not only are you putting yourself in the corner, you're roasting too. <laughs> exactly. How horrible is that? <laughs> Storygoers, we hope that you're ha- happy, healthy, and doing well. And you hope you enjoyed our last DLC episode of our character wheel, who would be the best replacement for Rudolph, as well as our kind of going through the game of the year awards, what our game of the year was, etc. Um, we're back on track now mm-hmm. with this year. We've had a lot of just DLCs like the last two months. Um, but we are back on track with episodes and stories and such. So... New year, same old us. <laughs> That's okay. That is what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can email your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives to Tales from the Cartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on our social media or by leaving a voice or text message at our toll free number at 207 494 4334. Or you can read or listen, or, or you can, uh, I'm sorry, answer any of our Spotify poll questions on any of our Spotify episodes down below. Well, most i'm not like half of them i would say at this point speaking of we had a lot of write-ins since our last time ryan's also rising uh raising his uh desk up switching to double standing desk (laughs) get my little rocker underneath me for my uh so i can like have that to focus uh so going through we wanted to kind of read some of these responses and I screenshot a lot of these. Oh, here we go. Okay, I got it. I got it. Uh, in our Little Nightmares story part one, we had Paul. Oh, man, Paul, I'm going to be so sorry when I butcher your last name. I'm so sorry. Paul Philoides. Philoides. I think it's Paul Philoides. I'm going to, I'm hopefully, Paul, forgive me. Paul said, great job with Little Nightmares. Could you also add a Kirby story? Maybe Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Kirby Star Allies, or even Kirby Return to Dreamland. And I think this, I actually never, I don't know, I never thought of Kirby for a bedtime. It's like literally a perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have yes. like bed themed Kirby games, I think, out there with uh, Dreamland. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can I take a step back? Did I call Paul Phil? I don't know. You called him Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you called him Paul. Now I'm panicking. I called him Phil. Paul, if I called you Phil, I'm sorry. And Paul, also, great idea. And we will happily do that in a future episode sometime this year. I think we definitely can do Kirby as a bedtime story. That's a good idea. Um, all right, let's move on. We have uh, in our you know, one viewer, one listener, uh, known as the Enderman, the Very Minecraft cool. character themselves, yep. uh, wrote into several of our episodes. So for the first one, uh, in your opinion, does Luigi make a good lead character? Why or why not? The Enderman said, I really like Mario, but sometimes Luigi has some fun. With yeah. a soccer ball. I don't know what that soccer ball is, <laughs> but I really like it. <laughs> Very good. Um, uh, and the Enderman, let's go through all the Enderman uh, submissions here. Do you consider Super Mario 64 to be a special game to you? If yes, why? And he just wrote, they just wrote, amazing, which is very, very kind of them. 
Didn't really answer the question, but you know what? I appreciate it nonetheless. Still excited. Uh, <laughs> and then two more from the Enderman. Uh, uh, you know what? Actually, I don't know where this one came from. There's one of them. The Enderman wrote, I love Mario 64, and I played it lots, so yay, with a bunch of different emojis. Maybe it was the same episode again, and he just they just replied twice. I don't know. Um, oh, I already read that. Okay. There's only one for Enderman. Sorry. I got I to gotta figure out a better way to organize <laughs> we'll, we'll <laughs> such a yeah. Fire truck. A garbage truck on fire. Fire truck on fire. That's what it is. That's very... Yeah, fire truck on fire is very bad. That's uh, a bad yes. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also writing in is Mario himself. Wow, thanks. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> I don't know which episode this was in because I forgot to screenshot the title, but I imagine it's Luigi's Mansion one. Uh Mario wrote, I love your stories. They are all so good and they are, are and they are so interesting. I love the Luigi's Mansion one. It's so spooky and scary, which is very kind. We actually didn't write the stories, but we just took them and rewrote them. So <laughs> glad we'll, we'll share our credit with Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can have some credit, I guess. <laughs> uh, for the Pokemon Yellow Part 1 episode of Did You Ever Play Pokemon Yellow? Uh, we have, and this is just a bunch of different letters, BC... And there's just a bunch of different characters on a computer board, a computer keyboard that I came and say, uh, with the picture of a bear, it just says no, which is why <laughs> they wrote in. Uh, thanks for letting us know. Uh, and then for Super Mario 64, for if you played it or not, and is it special to you, we have someone named I Choose You with a Lucario picture on there, and it says, well done with clappy hands. Oh, we also have, very nice. We have Linda Lee Fick. Farrell, Farrell, who just wrote Mario 64. And then Paul Killian wrote yes. So, you know what? <laughs> sometimes all, sometimes all we get <laughs> sometimes we get really good answers and sometimes people just answer and you know what? We'll take anything. We're happy with the engagement either way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then for our last write-in, we have from our Iron Lung episode. Oh, spooky. Wrong answers only. What crime do you think the convict did to be forced to pilot the Iron Lung? We have Autumn. And Autumn, I'm horrible with numbers. I'm so bad with this. One, <laughs> two. I, I got to count. As I can't. I, million is a. Uh, Six. Nine zeros, right? No. Six zeros? <laughs> That's a billion. Yeah, okay, you're right. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I talk for a living. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's a billion, right? Mm -hmm. Or not that's not zeros, that's just numbers all together. So yeah, yeah. okay. Oh man, Autumn, I'm really regretting this already. Why'd you write this? <laughs> Thank you for writing it, Autumn. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, How Autumn. We appreciate story? it a lot. Um, Autumn wrote, oh man, he killed five billion. Oh my god, I can't read this number. Are you kidding me? Six hundred and seventy-eight million. Yep, you got it. Six hundred and fifty-eight thousand five hundred and forty-three people then drank five billion five hundred and fifty-five million five hundred fifty-five thousand five hundred fifty-five people's blood wow that hurt, i hurt me <laughs> i would have drank i would have rather have drank them people's blood than read that number so thanks autumn Whew, please don't write in numbers for me to read <laughs> oh man now you've just please opened just up don't. this really great number challenge that all the strikers <laughs> participated <laughs> just all submissions from now on just have like ridiculous numbers yeah. that I'll just be like stupid with reading. Oh, uh, Storygoers, thanks for writing in. Um, 
16 minutes in and we just derailed. I just picture like a, a fire truck on fire. It's crashed. It's fallen off the highway. Yeah. It's it's in a puddle of water or something. You know what I mean? Like that kind of situation um, for how this is going so far. New year, same us. Yep. But Ryan yeah. is 2024. It is. Oh, actually, actually, no, I'm sorry. Before I jump in, I didn't finish my speech yet. I just realized I read everything and I didn't finish. Uh, you can donate to our Patreon. Read us on Apple and Spotify. Read the questions below if you're on Spotify. All right, Ryan, we're yeah. in 2024. Yeah, we are. We sure are. Here we are. <laughs> before, we, before we jump into that, uh, we you had a great idea of going back into our 2023 episode for Games of the Year of 2023 with narratives that we were excited for, mm-hmm. that we hadn't experienced yet. And you made a list of all the ones that we talked about. Yep. And... We wanted to go through them. So do you want to start with the first one? Yeah. Actually, I'll start with the first one because yeah. the second one's more you. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, The first one you said is Atomic Heart. And Atomic Heart definitely is a game. I didn't play it, but I still really wanted to play it. But I don't know. All the all the news around, like, it was collecting background data on people and things like that. All this weird news that I didn't know if it was r- true or not. I was like, I'll wait a little bit and see what happens. And I totally forgot about Atomic Heart. So I unfortunately never played it, but I did hear it had a good story. Um, the next one is Destiny 2 Lightfall, which I was very excited about, uh, before release. Mechanically, it was very fun. A lot of the stuff that came to it was very fun. The story was pretty bad, though. Um, they tried to do this thing where, um, they tried to tie your new, like, abilities and with the narrative, and the narrative was, like, a little bit weird and wild. And, um, then they also, like they were going to roll the narrative out in seasonal content, which then meant like the campaign was kind of unsatisfying from a narrative perspective. So narratively it wasn't great. Um, I mean, there was some fun gameplay stuff there that, you know, they brought to it and the new, you know, subclass was great, but narratively it was felt pretty flat, I think. Yeah. I didn't play that one. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I think everything you said, right. is probably correct. Cause you are a, a <laughs> destiny boy and I, su- I support that. <laughs> Thank you. You know better than I would. Next one, we both played this one. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And I speak for myself when I say, like, I appreciate what it was trying to do, but I do not feel like it was as a cohesive, strong story like Jedi Fallen Order. I really enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order. It was a story that really grabbed me. Being, like, a pretty casual... I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan, but, like, a little bit more than casual Star Wars fan. It really gripped me. I love the story of a fallen Jedi who's trying to get back to grips with who he is as a person. Um, but with Survivor, it just really was everywhere. And I just was really, it just felt disjointed in ways. And the final boss, it just didn't really make sense cohesively to me. Yeah. The way it ended, I think it could have ended so much better. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they were setting up for future stuff, which is fine and all, it's all well and good. But I think it could have ended in a much more dramatic tension-filled way that would have been more of a payoff than what it did give us but what did you think i completely agree i think there was some really good stuff with cal's growth over the course of the game but the overall narrative itself was kind of like you said not very cohesive there was some interesting stuff in there but overall i wasn't in i wasn't super invested with the overarching story and then yeah there's a i don't want to call it a twist there's this thing that happens at the end of the game that just i didn't buy or really like all that much at all and it kind of soured the whole back half of that game or back you know portion of that game it was interesting at first and then the more like i learned about it the less i liked it and wanted to do with it 
Um, and yeah. so it kind of sullied that whole ending. And like you, I think like they maybe sacrificed this story to tell up a, a different another story later. And anytime you do that, I think it just doesn't then feel good. Right, right. I'd much rather it end with a more cohesive, strong story than it just be set up and kind of made worse for for future games to come out. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, so next we have uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We both played this. Um, yeah. I wasn't really sure going into this. I didn't... Uh, the story of the first game, I didn't like how it was told, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think they did such a better job of telling this story. This is like one of the best ways they've told, I think, a story in, in this type yeah. of format. And I think the fact that, you know, in the first game, you're you're like experiencing things that have already happened and really can't impact those things at all. Versus in this game, it was so interesting to figure out why is the the whole conceit of like maybe Zelda's bad was like so interesting and engaging that you wanted to figure out what was going on there and it was yep. really interesting and then the whole last sequence is like absolutely incredible like the Bonkers, best yeah. like one of the best game finales that you know not just Zelda but like that there ever has been it's just so cool yeah um yeah very fun I mean I think it's a Zelda narrative which yeah. is like it's not the best narrative I don't think mm-hmm. but it's good for for what it is. Yeah. I, I I appreciate it. And Zelda, the great thing about Zelda is that it doesn't go too far. Yeah. In terms of like becoming super con- convoluted, like it just is what it is. It tells you what's happening. You put some pieces together for kind of like a little bit of exposition, but besides that, it doesn't go too far to be like what is what is happening, right? It, it keeps you on track with what's happening, um, and it gives you so much freedom in doing so. I think the only thing, and this is like not a spoiler alert, but just like a, a heads up. I won't say anything about them, but um, so if you haven't played Tears of the Kingdom, move on a little bit further. But is the the tears themselves mm-hmm. finding the tears and, and the stories that they're told? I kind of wish they did them in in order because then mm-hmm. I think like the second one I found something really significant happened. I was like, oh, no. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Like I don't know the yeah. context in which that that happening is important. And then as you learn, like, oh, that's an important person. Yeah. Uh, that's not good. But then it kind of took away that shock value for me. Right? I wasn't like, okay. So I kind of wish it went in order, mm-hmm. regardless of what tiers you got, rather than it being fixated. You know, each each tier had one specific memory fixed to the, that tier. Um, but it is what it is. That big reveal, though, with that is pretty big. Very and I cool. thought that was very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it does break my heart, though, because I've read a few times that uh, the... I mean, I guess he's a pr- producer slash director. He's been direct- he's directed a few. I think he produced this one. But Aonuma and I think Miyamoto also have uh, said that the timeline for Zelda isn't something that really they care about too much. They just want to focus on each game. Which is fine, but also breaks my heart a little bit because yeah. you can't have sequels and then say you don't care about the, <laughs> the continuation of the story. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I am happy, though, that as, as much as I would love more from this world, I think I am ready to move on from the, the Hyrule of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. And with the DLC not happening, um, and I'm just focusing the resources on building the next Zelda game, I think that's kind of a cool thing. I, I think they're trying to... This is my own personal opinion, but I think they're trying to avoid another like six year gap situation that they had before with tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild yeah i think it was six years um but we'll see i'm hopeful i would love something new but it sounds like this formula of breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom with the open world exploration and what comes with that is is going to be what we're moving forward with from now on so we'll see yeah Oh, yeah, I'm next. Uh, well, this one didn't come out. Didn't Suicide come out. Squad Suicide killed the Justice League, so we'll skip that one. Yeah. Um, 
maybe talk about it later. Um, <laughs> Diablo 4, though. Yeah. I actually didn't play Diablo 4. It's not my kind of game, but Ryan, you are definitely a Diablo boy. I am, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Diablo 4, really fun game. Uh, a bit of a mess in some ways at launch with some of the stuff. But um, overall, probably one of their best launches. And the story was really interesting. I like how it, it takes place far enough away from Diablo 3 that it really doesn't matter if you know anything about that game at all. It is, like, dark and gothic, but also, like, asks a lot of... Like, there is a, you know, a demon and an angel, but, like, the angel, the demon is doing some things that are good for the people, and the, and the angel is doing some things that are bad for... So it has this, like, really cool dichotomy of those two characters. And even though I think, like, it, it starts really strong, like, that first act is really great, and then it kind of loses it a little bit in the second and third act because they're more open. Um, I think it was a really interesting story, and Lilith is such an interesting character. Um, and they did a great job with telling that story. I'm really excited about the DLC because the DLC is like tying back into Diablo 3 and we get to revisit oh. some of the stuff from there, which is really exciting because Diablo 3 is the Diablo game I played the most of, even though this game seems to be like mostly inspired by Diablo 2. Um, mm -hmm. Still very fun. Still very good. I really enjoyed it uh, and I thought the story was pretty good for Diablo. This is just random because I just we were talking about Diablo, but and I don't know, I never played it, so I, I can't confirm. But I know Lilith was a skin in one of the Call of Duty games recently mm -hmm. for the multiplayer, and I heard that her hitbox is just gigantic because she's <laughs> such a huge, imposing she's character. Big, yeah. It was so easy to kill her because her hitbox is just gigantic. That's very fun. Yeah, which is actually really funny. It kind of defeats the purpose of being this big, menacing character if you just constantly have so many weak points. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Man, numbers, man. Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't end up playing 16 like I thought I would. Um, I heard mixed things. It will be a game I think I will go to eventually, um, but probably not before another one that I talk about later on this list for 2024. Um, but I heard I heard it was pretty good. I heard the story of 16 was pretty good. Um, a solid story. Um so it is one I'm excited to play, but you don't you don't play 16, right? No, no, I don't know. No, okay, I didn't think so. Um, next we have Alan Wake Two, which was a game that I we had on our list, but I don't really remember being aware of it at all. Maybe it was just in Me passing either. we'd heard about because it feels like, and whether or not this is just because I'm old and have a bad memory, it feels like this game came out of nowhere and just mm -hmm. like took over the world within like a few weeks of it coming out. Um, yeah, I, I neither of us have played it. I've watched a playthrough of the first few hours. Um, but I, this is a game I haven't played, but is supposed to be like probably one of the best narrative games of the year. So very excited to eventually, yep. you know, learn more about it and check it out. Maybe. And uh, I think I really enjoyed Alan Wake One's story a lot. I thought it was very, it was, it was fun and different. So I'm excited to see where they go with two. And I, I will play, I think after Mirage, I'm going to have to play Alan Wake two. Um, I'm surprised Assassin's Creed Mirage is on our list actually. Whatever. I know, I'm surprised too. Yeah. Um, it wasn't announced yet. I don't know. Anyway, that's the point. I I feel you're you're right, right. I feel like they almost like they just announced it ahead of time uh, for Alan Wake two, and then we just put it on the list because we were both Alan Wake fans, and then it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. So you totally forgot about yeah. it or something. Um, but I am really excited for it. If it's more of Alan Wake one and all the the hype of the Game Awards with that game, it has made me really excited for it. So I think when the right time, I feel like February, late February is like the right timing for that game. Though it'll probably be earlier for me personally, but. I'm really excited to kind of jump into it. Like the darker, the darker months right now with with winter, I just feel like it kind of is perfect for for Alan Wake. So um, I'm kind of happy I've waited, but we'll see. 
Next one is Baldur's Gate 3. I have not played this one, but man, <laughs> people just keep ramming this down my throat about how this deserves game of the year and i hear everybody i get it it deserves game of the year i get it as a in every way everyone keeps talking about the different things they do playing this game and it just it just blows my mind like how versatile this game is in terms of even from a narrative standpoint like every choice truly matters and it's kind of wild to me like just outside of gameplay i've heard some wild wild things about the gameplay and what you can do to kind of like not exploit it but just like have smart workarounds for it yeah but just the character interactions and how people how the characters interact with each other how that builds and how each choice each death or or uh choice to let someone live or, or who dies by whose hand alters the story and it's just wild it is absolutely wild it's a game i you know having gone through the the narrative stories with celeste on the show yeah um i've always loved the idea of playing Baldur's gate one and two but it just didn't seem like the right games for me to to play i loved listening to it more but man Baldur's gate three is that game where like i think i'm gonna have to <laughs> i think i also have to to play it and fall in love with Asterion too apparently yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. everyone seemed to be in love with him so yeah. okay yeah. um that's all i hear about is, is funny things with him and i guess i, I also read too that um <laughs> people have i think in the pc version uh, built in a mod where he's just carrying a gun and it's become very popular carrying a gun it's really funny yeah. um so i yeah i'll have to play it i totally see why that, the i think the director wore a suit of armor to the game awards it all makes he sense always, now yeah he's worn he wore suits of armor at all of the big dev updates so it's just like a, oh like, really yeah yeah so it's, oh, it's cool. that he does. Okay. yeah yeah Okay. See, I think I'll just have to play because, like, that's it's just so cool. Yeah. How how wild this game sounds. Like, I might. I was talking to someone and they were like, "Yeah, I'm only level six. And I was like, "Oh, okay. I'm 30 hours in." And I was like, "Whoa, only level six and you're 30 hours in?" And then we're talking. And he's like, oh, yeah, "There's only 12 levels." I was like, "Oh, okay. Like that makes more sense then." Yeah. I was like, "You were kind of making it sound like six was nothing." Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So like it's just all these little things I'm learning about the game yeah. makes it very exciting. So I think once once I get through a little bit of my, my personal backlog and I feel like there's nothing besides like Fortnite to jump into, that's when Baldur's Gate will, will fit that that narrative. Yeah, for me. Um, Wait, did you talk about how you, do you like it? You obviously oh, yeah, love Baldur's I, Gate. I love Baldur's you want to talk about it? Sorry, it's great. It's a very fun game. Um, I haven't played it nearly as much as I would like to. But I have played, uh, I haven't got to the part that kind of usually blows folks' mind, which is when you get to the city in Act 3. But um, I'm still, well, spoilers, you go to Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but <laughs> but it's, it's a really incredible game. I'm never playing game. it now. It's a really incredible game. I'm excited to play more of it. One of the things, I was listening to a, a different video game podcast, and they were talking about how... You know, when Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came out, it, like, changed the game industry. Like, everyone then tried to make that game. And this person said, like, you can try, but they, like, wasted a ton of money in this game, right? They, like, spent thousands of dollars, you know, animating animations that you'll never see. So, like, it's, 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 I think it's a really great game and it's a really incredible game. I think it's going to be very hard to justify to anybody who has to answer to stockholders that you make a game like this because so much content, yeah. like, you will just never see. Um, or it's, like, not important. Like, they have, when you get to, like, the city, every single character in the city is fully voiced and has a full background and a full history and you can oh do quests God. for almost all of them. Right. And it's, like, hundreds of NPCs. Uh, and it's absolutely insane, the amount of time and energy, and it's just not something that is feasible unless you do, like, a six-year, 
you know, early release. What? And then you, yeah, I mean, the game came out, like, it was in development for three years, they did three years of early release, and then the game came out. And it's just, like, something that you just can't do unless you just have a ton of time and money and don't care um, about, you know, that people will ever see some of the stuff you create. Um, So it's just super interesting to think about uh, what that game looks like. And I hope that a bunch of studios don't try to make this game and then get burnt out and closed down or, like, have to deal with, you know, the downfall. I think, like, take what's good and then, like, don't worry about the other stuff. The same with, like, Tears of the Kingdom. No one is going to be able to make their, like machine system it's just like not not possible right they had years and years and years and years to make just that it's very similar to that like there's just some things that like unless you just have a lot of disposable money don't even don't even try it because it's not gonna not gonna work right yeah especially on an ip that's not well known which sucks saying that (laughs) yeah no it kind of sucks to say that but super yeah like yeah I don't think Zelda would have been as such a big of a hit if that game had come out on that was totally different than what it was i mean maybe maybe it would have maybe it would have but like yeah yeah, much less likely in my opinion because it's Zelda. You know, right. it has that brand recognition. Yeah. And Baldur's Gate has that brand recognition as well. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I think the only company that could truly just on a whim make a game like Baldur's Gate 3 or like Tears of the Kingdom or something like that is probably Valve. Yeah, because they have endless money. Yeah, they have, <laughs> yeah. They have lim- unlimited money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe even Epic because they have unlimited money with Fortnite. Right, too, so, so like, true. Whatever. So true, so true. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, uh, next, Hades 2, which didn't come out. Uh, big bummer. No. Uh, big bummer. <laughs> Why? Uh, but Why? Hopefully, hopefully we'll get an early release this year uh, uh, and get to play it and get to see what it's like and go from there. Um, yeah, bummer didn't come out. <sighs> Man. I, when That was my biggest exciting... That was, my, that was my most exciting thing about the Game Awards that didn't happen. I was yeah. like, all right. This Hades 2 trailer. Here we the, go. The God of War Valhalla trailer like, dropped. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I'm so excited. But I have a feeling Hades 2 is going to be even cooler. Yeah. And then Baldur's Gate 1 Game of the Year was on stage. And I was like, all right, but where's the Hades 2 trailer? <laughs> they're just waiting until after. It's like this cool after thing they're doing. <sighs> so sad. Next is Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. We both played? Yes. No, I, have, both. I have not played. No. no. Oh, you haven't played? Oh, that's I right. Okay, so I have to play. Okay, I'll keep spoilers to a minimum. I won't spoil anything, actually. Um, I So actually, I played Spider-Man 2 and then went back and played Spider-Man 1, mm. which I don't think you should do. It. <laughs> Playing Spider-Man 1 again after 2 is just infuriating because the swinging speed is so low yeah. and the traversal is so not the same. And nothing against Spider-Man 1, but it means it was just the game that came first. Um, just don't do it in that order, please, for love. It just is infuriating. Um, I There was a lot of good in Spider-Man 2's narrative and a lot of not good in Spider-Man mm. 2's narrative. Um, a lot of things that went really well and a lot of things that I think just dropped the ball. A lot of random things that I just was like, why are we doing this? This is kind of stupid. Um, there's one particular mission that some people really love and some people do not love at all that involves Miles and another character in the series um, that was just bonkers weird um i don't know i don't even understand the point it was it seemed like just like uh, <laughs> another in the same way that the mcu likes to just do this like cameo like just extravaganza but you know in their movies now it kind of felt like that similar vein yeah um for what this mission was but regardless i think if you love venom right the story was fantastic because it has a whole different take on this character that was really fun and cool 
and, it, you know, and this isn't a spoiler because we know that Harry's in the game. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Harry. I really like Harry a lot. Um, but there's just things about this game. It just felt so incohesive. And I just, I'm, I'm a little, I personally, I'm just a little tired of the angry Peter narrative when he wears the symbiote suit. I was just kind of tired of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. we've seen that so many times. I just don't really care so much. Um, and he wasn't really... <laughs> In my personal opinion, he wasn't really that mean anyway. He kind of was. He kind of was, but he really also had... There's there's more to it than just that yeah. um, from, from the narrative itself. Um, but there are great moments. There are great moments where Peter's, Peter's, Peter and Miles has, have to do things that they don't necessarily want to do with and against one another. And I think that was really cool. And especially the ending... The ending of the game itself and i think the end of the game itself was really strong and it ended on a on an interesting note not where i think i would have wanted it to end necessarily it felt more like the jedi survivor scenario where i sacrificed the ending a little bit for the setup of another game yeah but i don't know i'm also trying to look at it with open eyes and i'm, I'm curious where the dlc takes us mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm hoping the dlc kind of expounds on an epilogue for this this story and gives us a little bit more to chew on to feel more satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the the best thing, <laughs> the best thing this game gave us, and I don't know if you've seen this, Ryan. Have you seen the clip with the? Have we, have we talked about this? Maybe the clip of the one of the new suits oh, towards yeah. the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone who's listened has probably heard this, but there's that clip of one of the, one of the characters gets a new suit and it looks pretty awful. In my in my opinion, I think a lot of people share that opinion. Um, and Fear's like. What's up with that suit? <laughs> it just looks so disappointed. Oh, it's so funny. Um, oh, and, and yeah, there's there's more to it, and it, it goes into spoiler details. But something happens with Peter, and I just I was like, this is silly and weird now. Like this just is. I don't know. We should do when we get into Spider Man eventually, which I think it will be a narrative we we do eventually. Yeah. Um, I'll have more to say about it. It, it wasn't perfect. I definitely don't think it should have ever been. This is a really hard thing to say. <laughs> I'm not sure it should have ever been considered for Game of the Year. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good game. It's a great game to play. Narratively, drops the ball. Gameplay-wise, is fantastic. Love the gameplay of the game. Love it. Narrative, not so much. That's why I feel like Game of the Year wasn't so justified for it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people love Spider-Man 2. <laughs> don't hate me. I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, narratively, I just... Yeah. It just, it, it swung its web and slammed into a building, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no. Not really. It more like nicked a shoulder against a building. You know, if yeah. you can imagine like, him swinging and like his, his like, shoulder like, hits a building on accident. Yeah. And, but, he, but he still is okay. Mm-hmm. That kind of... Got it. Okay. okay. Got it. <laughs> Ryan, you can just tell me to shut up. It's okay. No, it's not, I, I enjoy when you just keep... It's, it's always fine. It's yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next we have Redfall, which is my biggest disappointment of the year. Mm. I was so hopeful and excited for this game, and then it just came yeah. out and was a. I, I never played it. I didn't touch it because of all the stuff that that was around yeah. it. It was just a bad game um, that wasn't put together well, and that they like maybe didn't really want to make. So it's a big bummer um, that that. Uh, I, so I didn't play. It. I don't know if you played it at all, Eric. No, um, I didn't also. But play. I was very excited about this game. This was probably one of the games I was most excited about for the year, and then just nothing, uh, which is a big yeah. bummer because I really love uh, Arcane and all the stuff they make. And I'm, you know, it, there's been talks of we want to go back and fix it. And I just don't know if that's worth the time doing. 
Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe they'll pull a cyberpunk. Not that any studio should do this. Just make your game good in the first place. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, they, they might. And who knows? So, yeah, that's my, my feelings. On yeah, I feel like a cyberpunk should only ever happen with cyberpunk. And we should learn from this mistake yeah, exactly. and not have it happen yeah. again. Not publish games before they're done. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I'm sure there's more. There's way more. Of right? Stockhol- Stockholders yeah, are the worst. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they play a huge part in this. And, mm-hmm. and it's probably... In- and super infuriating yeah. for people. Um, I also didn't play Redfall, though I will say, I, even though I didn't play it, and I know and from what I heard it was awful, um, Arcane is still a great studio. Yeah. I love Arcane so yeah. much. Yeah. I love all their games besides Redfall. I, I love, well, starting with Dishonored 1. I forget what, I forget what other games they made before Dishonored <laughs> 1. That's when I really found them. Yeah. Um, but Dishonored 1, Dishonored 2, Prey, and Deathloop, I think, are all fantastic games. Like, they are all so great. I love them. Mm-hmm. Like, I I feel like Deathloop was criminally underrated. For sure. Yeah, like, such an incredible game. I, yeah. Such an incredible game. I think that game was so much fun, had so much character, so much versatility, and it was just so slept on. Mm-hmm. I just, it blows my mind a little bit. I think Arcane deserved way more recognition for that game. Um, just those moments with Juliet. Juliet? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's their name. We talked to you over your controller. It was just so much fun. Yeah. It was just such a... Oh, I love, when those stopped, I was devastated. Yeah. Not for anything na- narrative. It just eventually they'll have to run out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so um, yeah. There's, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm in the same vein as you. I don't... Redfall is just... Just move on. Yeah. Sometimes mistakes happen. That's okay. Move on. We know, and big spoiler, if you don't know this yet, from the leaks that happened, I think from a data people who stole data or something or is it from court case i don't know there's some leaks that confirmed that that dishonored 3 is in development um which i am extremely excited for yeah. i love the dishonored world i need more of it and this is how arcane can get back on top by building this amazing yeah and game in this amazing world in six years make a redfall 2 and make a good game and that yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like the I like the concept of that world. I just and that the whole conceit of it, but it just didn't. It just wasn't there yet. Um, yeah. So return yep. to it for another game down the road when you have when you're in a better financial place. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's probably the best thing to do. Or just don't touch. Or just don't again. touch it again. Just, yeah. Make, or make prey too, as you should be making. Because why? Break. Why? Yeah. That ending of that game <laughs> still gets me. Yeah. It still gets me. So like yeah. Oh, that's such a good game. Yeah. That's a game we gotta do on Tales. I know. That is Prey such is a great a game. Phenomenal game. Oh, yeah. Man, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and then our last one that we had uh, speculated on for 2023 yep. was Starfield, which I also I didn't play. Did I you play? played maybe 10 oh. minutes of. I think okay. <laughs> I, I booted it up on Game Pass one day. I landed on a moon and walked around for a little bit. It's like, oh, this is pretty fun. I'll come back to it. Maybe. And I didn't come back to it at all. Um, Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> Which maybe speaks to it. Like there was another game. There was a game that came out at the exact same or very around the same time. That was also a space game. That was so much better. What game was that? Maybe not Dead Space One was it? Maybe I thought it was a game that was similarly open worldy. I can't remember. Hmm. I can't remember at all. But I, I I remember people talking about like, hey, the, here's a good version of this. But I don't remember what game it is. <laughs> oh, that's really mean. Yeah, for all man. of these games, man, the, the developers want to make the best they game they can. It is in no way any of their faults at all ever. I would no, say. Um, they are. They have to ship things at certain times, and they have to make sacrifices because of money. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. I am, this is the biggest um, 
surprise shocker i feel like of 2023 was starfield because that game when it was announced people were beyond excited i don't know if there's even a word for it the idea of a a fallout in space you know a fallout type game in space that kind of gameplay loop uh set in outer space was like so enticing for so many people and for it to i mean i think it did well I think I think financially it did it did fine. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't I don't know for sure. I don't either. Um, but it definitely didn't get any talks. It didn't really get talked about a whole lot. No. Um, Baldur's Gate three definitely took the the talk of game of the year on that point. I feel like yeah. Um, I could be very wrong about that, but just the fact that it didn't get any awards from Game Awards that's pretty huge, and it kind of says a lot. I just feel like. And this is my own personal standpoint. I feel like Bethesda has a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I feel bad saying that, though. Well, I mean, 76, um, Fallout 76 had its best uh, few months it's ever had a few months ago. Yeah. So they're, they're still doing okay. But I think, like, it, I, I don't know how folks, how old folks are who listen to this, but, like, Skyrim was insanely huge when it came out it, like ev- like people c- called off work for like a week like it yeah. was this huge thing and it's all people talked about it was a very different time when it came out like the the landscape was different but man it was so huge when it came out and you know fallout was exciting i don't think it was as exciting as when Skyrim came out um yeah. but people were still excited like people love the fallout franchise fallout 3 was pretty critically acclaimed and fallout new vegas is in- incredible so like oh, so it's just a bummer that then i mean it's not a bummer that like they they it is a bummer that it, it didn't live up to that hype but like you know the the game the the, the game you make is the game you make and you know, yes yeah i don't know yeah. it's it is what it is i in terms of bethesda products i'm most excited for the fallout show quite honestly yeah um I hope that kind of gets me jived to play more Bethesda games mm-hmm. uh, when it comes out in April, I think, yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, but ever since Fallout 4, I've just been really off the bandwagon for Bethesda. I've just been not super... I didn't love Fallout 4, personally. I did beat it. Um, yeah. But I just did not fall in love with it the way I did with New Vegas and uh, Fallout 3. Yeah. And I know New Vegas wasn't developed by Bethesda. I know that. But, yeah. like, still. It was still more of that in the same, but it was just... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't click the way the other ones did, so... Um, but you know, I I can see Starfield having its own cyberpunk, yeah, its own maybe. No Man's Sky again. Yeah. You know, it's the new thing that in video games where you can have redemptions because you just put out new patches for things <laughs> and new updates. So yeah, you ship um, a game bad, you make a bunch of money, then you fix it and ship it and make more money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's unfortunately it's not a bad um it's not a bad financial decision to do so, and until it becomes a bad financial decision to do so. People aren't gonna. Everyone loves a comeback story. Yeah, they like, do. Truly. Like Cyberpunk, which like Fan Liberty is great, and what they've done to Cyberpunk is great. But like, the, they shipped it before it was ready, and uh, there was they they paid for it then, but not enough for it to be an issue. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. There's actually a report, a report that came out recently that they were talking about how they don't want to ever be um, uh, taken in by a uh, you know become a, a party within a yeah. yeah. What am I think? What am I thinking? Don't be a, to... Yeah, I can't think of the word. They want to be when oh, another company buys them. Um, yeah, they don't want to be bought. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I hear you, and that's great, but then maybe be more <laughs> responsible to show that you can handle yeah, <laughs> doing exactly. things on your own. Yeah. And then you can do that. But again, I say that as someone who doesn't work in the game industry, so I'm sure it's way harder than I give oh, credit for. Of course for. it is, of course it um, is, yeah. But like, it just also feels like, I'm sure they just want to move past this and never talk about what happened with Cyberpunk to begin with. Yeah. 
but I also feel like owning it is more of a mature thing to do and yeah. being honest about that and not losing focus. Like, yeah, we messed up. Yeah, we messed up. And I'm sure it gets old after a while, but at the same time too, like when it affects so many people, mm-hmm. I feel like that responsibility has to keep being discussed. Like yeah. we learn from this, we've learned from this to show that people care. And eventually we'll have to stop talking about it, but right. I don't know. That's not the point. It'll be interesting to see when they announce their next game, what the language and the marketing will be around that. Because, yeah. like, the reason I think Cyberpunk was so well-trusted is because they made The Witcher, which was, like, a hugely popular right. and wildly loved game and was very, very good. Um, and people just assumed that they could pull it off. And I think, like, The Witcher is a completely different game for Cyberpunk. Those are very different games. So in different, both, yeah. like, tone and, and, and play and all of those that, like, I think, like, they maybe bit off more than they could chew. But Yeah, yeah. Storygoers, we hope you enjoyed our discussion about Cyberpunk <laughs> and Witcher 3 during our Starfield conversation. Yeah, uh, that shows how much we enjoyed and played and, and thought about Starfield this year. <laughs> Woo! Blast off! Um, Woo. So now we are in the the great time of 2024. I hear that Mercury's not in retrograde anymore. Phew. I don't know what Thank that means, goodness. but I think it's a good thing. So I keep being told by people who are really into, uh, not philosophy, uh, astrology, (laughs) (laughs) totally different things, astrology, um, that January 20th is going to be a big day for everybody in the world. So let's see what happens. Can't wait. Hopefully good things. I'm going to come back on January 20th. Yeah, I lost an arm. Not a good... (laughs) Just everyone lost one arm. It's weird. I don't know. Everyone's dominant arm was lost. It really sucks. I'm ambidextrous. Oh, that's that's great for you. <sighs> anyway, that's a bad joke. 2024, a whole new year of games. A year that's like I'm not sure it's gonna be as strong as 2023 because there's so much build up to that year for some reason for yeah. for games. But yeah. you never know. There's a lot of upcoming games, narratively speaking, that are very exciting. Yeah, for sure. And we have a few to talk about. There is going to be. I think we should say there's gonna be spoilers in this conversation because you kind of have to some of these you have to talk about for sure for sure the other games so if we mention a game you haven't played it you don't want to know about it please just skip ahead um so here's your warning for spoiler alerts but we share one game together we're very excited for yeah do you want to jump jump into that one first ryan yeah i think it's fairly obvious i think like if there was like a most anticipated 2024 among uh this podcast it would definitely be i think hades 2 yeah, uh, 100%. Which, Hades one was such a magical and incredible game. Um, I think you jumped on early with it and like saw its whole I life. I just saw like the the release to the to the end. Just such an incredible game uh, that I am very excited to 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 get to experience, to feel hear more of Supergiant's stories, to hear more of that voice acting, and just get to play more of that beautiful beautiful gameplay. I. This may sound weird, but like I'm just so happy I jumped on it early, only because it was so much fun to see the world get shaped around your playing. Like by so, like um, for example, uh, Charon from Hades One, I believe started out as uh, Charon and um, uh, who's the goddess of hunting? Um, uh, Artemis. Oh, man. Artemis, thank you. We're both like kind of just these like random character artworks like with different colors i believe they started out that way they didn't have the characteristics they have now um they were just these kind of like placeholder images and so it was really hard to connect with them the same way you would with zeus and poseidon and uh the other and um athena and all the other ones that already had their character models showing 
and the, and their and their artwork showing as you talk to them. So when the, when Caron and Artemis's artwork was released, it was like oh, my, like after playing so many times, you go back to this and you hear about the the update. You run to your computer or whatever platform at the time it was the, only the PC, and you update it and you see the new artwork and you see the. I remember the first time going into uh, um, Elysium and be like, oh my god, we're finally in Elysium! Like it was so cool. Yeah. It was so cool after playing so many times. You would get to the end of the underworld. And in the end of Tartarus, the second one, the magma one. That sounds right. Tartarus is 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 the is the equivalent to hell. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and then when you when you would beat the Hydra Dragon, or you would beat one of the 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 three sisters, you know, you would just the 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 voice would be like, and then something happened to Prince Zacharias, and he died, and he'd be like, wait, what? And he would just <laughs> die because you can't move forward. There's no more game to play. Yeah. So when you finally get to move on, it was such a fun time to like see more of the story unfold and there's just something about roguelikes and i saw this with god of war valhalla and uh of course with hades and any really any roguelike with a good story not only does the gameplay loop pull you in to want to play more but the narrative of roguelikes does that too and i feel like because you you do get to a point where if you keep dying and you have not progressed the story stops the story is not going to keep going for you you have to move forward to get more information. And I think it's just that extra motivator to keep going with these roguelikes. Hades is great at it. Like I said, God of War, Valhalla. Um, I'm trying to think of another uh, other roguelikes that I can't off the top of my head. But th- that's what I'm so excited for with Hades 2 is just more of the story, uh, more of the, uh, t- the knowledge of what's going on with the other characters. How is this new character in Hades 2 connected to well, we think we know that Hades is her father. So how is she connected to Zagreus? Because like we've never heard about her before. Yeah. You know, what are the other characters doing? How is all going to be interconnected to each other? It's really exciting, and I'm I'm very confident in supermassive, supermassive, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, super, uh, supermassive, super, giant. super, super giant. Thank yeah, you, super. supermassive. Someone. Oh, supermassive is until dawn, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, super giants storytelling, which is just always on point. They do such a great job. Um, so I'm, I'm just so excited. Ah, I, I want to play it so bad. I am going to play early access for sure. Yeah. I, I, I want to. I want to relive that magic of it growing. This world growing, growing, growing. I, I don't think I can wait. Yeah. To not play any of it. Yeah. 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 So I took that. I took that conversation way away from you. Right. Is there anything no, else about no, Hades to be you, wanted no, to? No, please. That was that was wonderful. Uh, no, I, I I think I said all the things uh, that I wanted to say. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll jump into my first one then. Yeah. If that's cool. Yeah. Please do. Um. So big spoiler alert for this one in case you haven't played final fantasy remake but final fantasy rebirth comes out this month or it comes out in february mm-hmm. uh, the end of february and i'm very excited for it because again huge spoiler alert if you don't want to hear about this move on this is so different than the original final fantasy and what's so great about final fantasy remake it is a story based on the original final fantasy that is separate from itself and is a is a branching story that is pulling away from the original narrative and going in, in new uncharted territories where other characters who have died lived, and those who have died died lived died, and and you know that something's wrong, and you know that some characters know what's happening and other characters don't, and you're trying to put the pieces together, and how now in Rebirth there's two parallel timelines going with each other, where certain characters lived and another one certain characters died. And you're trying to piece together what's happening. But more importantly, from a narrative perspective, this game, as shown by the newest trailer at the Game Awards, this game will have the iconic scene of Aerith possibly dying by Sephiroth's hands in the original game. However, 
it's really speculated that Aerith knows what's going on. She knows that this is not how things are supposed to be and that she's kind of encouraging that narrative. So the, the question is, will she die? Yeah. And Square Enix did a great job at the trailer because they really want you to know that this scene's going to be in the game mm-hmm. and it could be anything. A lot of people are speculating Tifa will die. Yeah. And there's no evidence to show that. But you have to assume someone important is going to have to die if it's not Aerith. Mm-hmm. Or... In my mind, what if Aerith's actually the bad guy? Yeah. And Sephiroth not. I would be wild. That yeah. would be wild. Um, we'll see. That's just a narrative, though, I am so excited for. I haven't so played. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so smart. I mean, I'd love that they didn't say anything about this in the remake. And so when people started playing it, and all these, like, I forget what they're called, the the fate ghosts, or the, it's the ghosts in the game that try to keep everything in order that you as a player are constantly fighting against because you don't know why, why they're there that you're you are changing the timeline you're changing the, the fate of the story and what's happening and and just for that just like for that realization when you play the game it's like oh my god like this is insane like i can't believe this is not the same game that i thought i was playing from the, the ps1 right yeah, yeah ps1 yeah, yeah um so now with with what's happening it's just so it's so cool i haven't played the dlc yet for, for remake with uh, yuffie in it um but my goal is to get that done before Re- Rebirth comes out because I, d- I don't want to miss anything. I think that's a game. If you didn't jump on Remake, that's okay. But Rebirth is the one you don't want to miss because I think that's going to have the biggest impact to the story and what happens. Um, that I'm like terrified that I won't be. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm going to almost boycott YouTube because it spoils everything. Yeah. <laughs> everyone just they, everyone wants to I'm gonna get the views and get their content out and will spoil anything they can to get. Those use first. I'm just terrified of that happening. Yeah. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're out there, if anyone is out there and they know someone who does that, shun them. They're horrible. <laughs> They're horrible people. Yeah. I had Valhalla spoiled for me a little bit from that. Oh, I was like, no. why? That's such a bummer yeah. that any yeah, of that magic was spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. So annoying. Yeah. Don't be that person. Uh, next is uh, a game Neva. There was a trailer. I don't remember what it was. was it the Game Awards? I don't think it was the Game Awards. There was I a never trailer. Heard this one. At, it, there was a really cool trailer. I think it might have been at one of the game showcases of this it, of this really stunning artwork. Essentially, it's by the folks who made Gris, um, and it's about this. It, it's like a really emotional trailer of this like giant wolf defending this woman from like a bunch of shadow monsters oh and, yeah and then like the mom wolf dies and it's like really emotional and intense this is that game right where it's a 2d yeah. side scroller beautiful game where about this woman who from the trailer and her, her the small wolf puppy like going on an adventure together and just the fact that that trailer had so much emotional impact and was so well done makes me so excited for this game and the fact that i haven't played gris but i've heard it's phenomenal um, mm-hmm. and I really would like to take some time to play it because it's supposed to be like really good. Um, was enough that I'm very excited to kind of see what what this game's all about and where it goes. It's giving me kind of like Ori vibes almost. Yes, um, yeah. Which was a game series that like I do not like uh, 2D side. I'm just not very good at 2D side scrolling games um, because they take an accuracy and skill that I don't generally have. Uh, but I really loved those games, and I'm excited to maybe take a dive into another one with, with this game. So that game's called Neva, I believe, but very excited. Brian, I'm watching the trailer as you're talking. It's killing me it's, a little bit. It's, so, <laughs> it's really I, sad. I, me and my partner were like watching trailers, and I put that one on, and she's like, I don't know if I can emotionally handle this right now. We need to do something else. <laughs> it's so it's sad. It's so sad. It's, I, oh, my God. It's, it's really good. So I'm really excited to see what that whole thing is all about. 
because it it looks very good. It looks very very good. The the Steam page says uh, the, the they they say the story is uh, experience the moving tale of a young woman and her long her lifelong bond with a magnificent wolf as they embark on a thrilling adventure through a rapidly dying world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> That's like really. Yeah. It looks beautiful. It looks, it looks absolutely yeah, beautiful. Yeah, the art's the art is I, very great. I just love how games like this, two D side scroller games, can be so beautiful in such a different way than like Breath of the Wild or like yeah, Tears of the Kingdom or sure. Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Like both great games. Like Valhalla as well. Beautiful, beautiful game. game. Yeah. It's just the detail. Um, but it just it's so it's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wild. <laughs> art's we live cool. in wild times. <laughs> art's cool. <laughs> AI art is bad though. If AI you do AI art, bad. stop it. Yeah. That's bad. It is Don't bad. you not it's not art, it's not. Uh okay. <laughs> Next one. Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League. Coming I know. back for another round. It has such yeah, I it has such it's gotten I mean, this game has just been put through the ringer. Yeah. Rocksteady must be Those poor nervous. They must be nervous about this game. Because I don't think I mean this game's delayed like what, three times, I think, at, least, at this point. Yeah. Um, and I do. Th- I did hear that they it got um, leaked online. The the whole narrative got leaked online. Oh bummer. Um, yeah, which is that that sucks. Um, but I'm trying to keep an open mind because Rocksteady did fantastic with the Arkham games. Yeah. They re. I, I don't know if it wasn't for the Arkham games, if, if the Spider Man games would have come out the yeah, way they did. For sure, definitely. Um, I yeah. really feel like it was impa- you know, it was it was really influential to games. Uh, the Arkham series was. So I'm I'm hopeful. It, obviously. Suicide Squad is not in any way like the Arkham games, but Rocksteady's always done a great job. I think Arkham Knight is critically underrated as well. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Um, I thought it was a great game, but uh, I just love the idea that there are bad guys who have to kill good guys to become good guys. Yeah. I just love the idea of that. <laughs> I think it's really fun. Um, and just to kind of take these classic characters and spin them to where you have to... I mean, I don't know how they're going to kill Superman. That, that seems like a lot, but... Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of seeing the Flash be a bit of a jerk, and Batman being kind of like a psychopath, like you know, like you know, like it's like kind of like a really scary guy. Yeah. I shouldn't say psychopath, but just unhinged. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, is really interesting. And of course, this is the last game voiced. Uh, Batman was voiced by oh, Kevin Conroy yeah. for the last time in this yeah. game, um, which makes it kind of sad that he's playing a bad guy, like yeah. a bad Batman, yeah. as his last role ever as Batman. But um, but Kevin Conroy, like he's he's gonna always be the voice of Batman. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but yeah, I'm excited. I think I think it'll be a fun narrative because the four members of the Suicide Squad they they chose Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and uh, Shark. The Shark one. King, King Shark. Yeah. I King. Think so. Something like that. I always forget his name. Um, they're all fun characters. Mm-hmm. Are all really cool. Uh, the customization in it gives it just more of a, a, a emotional connection to it. I think because you're kind of invested in the story then than the characters. So. I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be a good time. I think it's going to do better than people think. Yeah. Though I will say, yeah. I, was, I mean, people said that also. Even though Rocksteady didn't make it, um, Gotham Knights didn't do oh, right. super hot. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully it's not the same reaction to that. Yeah. But. Uh, my next one is The Rise of the Golden Idol, which, Eric, I heard this genre name in a different from an from a article, and I love it so much, even though it doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, so this genre of games that are like you solve puzzles and stuff like that, it's called Metroidvania, 
and it's so fun so cool so good even though it's nonsense words i probably wouldn't say to a normal person i love that it exists as a word because like the the game progression is locked behind like information you have to learn about the world and i think that's very fun um but the golden idol the crystal golden idol was a really fun game uh in this genre and they're making like a full like it's it it was a full game but it was fairly short you could you could beat it and it's broken down into chapters and this Mm. looks like to be like a full world in this in this space and i'm very excited about to see they've released dlcs and dlcs take every single story see features around this golden artifact that can do supernatural things and um the first one the the original game takes place in like the 1800s late 1800s early 1900s then there's dlc which is like way back a long time ago when it was first found and then dlc um like in the in-between this looks to be like a full game in the modern day, or at least in like the 80s and 90s, which I'm really oh, excited to see. It's like a detective game in that time frame, and I'm I'm really excited. the The gameplay loop was very fun. I love the essentially you're just filling in blanks with information. Um, you like click in everyone's pockets and you collect like words, and then you fill those words in in places. And I'm excited to see what they do with it. It looks like because the case of the Golden Idol did so well, they can they're just going to spend more money on it, make a bigger bigger budget experience. And the narrative is super interesting in that, like, all of the games follow the same family, and you could track, you know, you could track where this art idol goes and, like, the tragedies that befall everyone who holds it. And I'm oh. really curious to see, like, how that then is going to, you know, play into the, the modern day. So I'm very excited. It's a very fun game series, and I'm excited to see what a bigger experience looks like. That's wild. Yeah. It's very fun. It's just one person that one that first family member picked it up <laughs> and just really just screwed over everybody else. Yeah, that, it's, it's 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 super interesting. I mean, like essentially, uh, it's the very first mission of the very first game, and it's like oh. uh, so the the pr- person found it. He was murdered. Who murdered him? And then you have to play it, figure it out. But it's it's very fun. Um, very great game. If you if you have a chance to play it, definitely do. Uh, it's a fun game to play with other people. You just kind of all sit around and try to puzzle it out together. Um, very fun. Great game. Very yeah. excited about the Rise of the Golden Idol because I uh, want more of these games. Yeah, yeah. That does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm so bad at Metroidvanias, so I'm curious how I would do with Metroidvanias. I love that. That's <laughs> it's such a cool fun. genre title. Yeah, it's very fun. I love that Metroid has been so influential yeah. in that regard. That's <laughs> yeah. so cool. Yeah. My last game I have for 2024, and I'm sure there's going to be many good games. We had to keep the list shorter because we're already at an hour and, <laughs> hour and six minutes, um, is Black Mist Wukong. Ooh, and Black Mist Wukong. beautiful looking game. I know. It's, it it's looks nuts. wild. Yeah. It looks wild. I wrote here uh, when I was doing my list, I'm a change <laughs> so, boy who likes souls likes now, so I'm hoping this is more the same. Um, but I really hope so. I think Lies of P have really uh, changed my views mm-hmm. to the the narratives of souls like can offer. I get it now. Yeah. So if Black Mist Wukong is anything like that, I guess Bloodborne's very similar in that as well. I think Bloodborne's more more so than all the others, but but uh, if if Black Mist Wukong is anything like that, I'm going to really love this. I love the idea. It's based on the classic 16th century Chinese novel Journey to the West yep. with Sun Wukong and his yeah. journey to I think become immortal or he is immortal yeah, and uh, become enlightened or something. In the West, it's the monkey king. It's called the monkey king, the guy with the tail and the staff. Yeah, yeah very cool. Yeah, it's it's very very cool. The, the gameplay looks amazing, but yeah. more so the narrative. It's this like fantastical world, the mythical story. 
more more fantasy for sure yeah with all these kind of like creepy gross monsters you fight a tiger person in a pool of blood like it's really intense <laughs> yeah um but i love the taking narratives from journey to the west and really putting it into black miss wukong so like he has his extendable staff mm -hmm. and he can turn into a statue and he can transform into different beings and he can do all these things that are from the novel itself they're putting into the game to as as like gameplay narratives or gameplay um add-ons and, and things to do and i think that it will be fun to see where this story goes i'm sure it's gonna be it sounds very souls like yeah um looks like it, obviously mm -hmm. uh so I'm curious how they'll tell the story. It's like obviously, like with Liza Pete, and I think Bloodborne as well. It's a lot through like papers you find on the ground and things that people tell you, and you have to really pay attention. I'm sure Black Mist Wukong will probably be something like that in the same vein. I don't think it's going to beat you over the head with the story by any means. Yeah. Um, I'm just not realizing people are probably screaming at their phones listening to this because I didn't mention Elden Ring. Elden Ring is probably the same. I didn't play Elden yeah, Ring yet. Eric, I'll play I it. am still like every. I continue to see Elden Ring things pop up, and I was not interested at all. But after hearing you talk about Liza P, I kind of want to do a co-op Elden Ring sometime. Really, I think we should. That would be really fun uh, to do. Should we stream it on Twitch? <laughs> that would be very fun. That would be very fun. I think. I think. Uh, I. Uh, hearing you talk about Liza P and like play in this that game space and me seeing more on Elden Ring and I should go back and play Liza P also uh, but you should, you um, should. <laughs> but it may the fact that Elden Ring has co-op makes it like much more exciting for me to jump in and try it because uh, I'm a big baby <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to that's just kind of inspired me I want to do a Liza P narrative for Tales oh, now you should. Oh, you should I have like three scripts going right now I gotta, <laughs> I gotta just pick one and stay in my lane no that's um, okay the, the, spit all those plates <laughs> oh <laughs> they all start crashing <laughs> no um, but no I think Black Mist Wukong looks amazing I'm really excited for it I'm really hopeful that's good um both gameplay wise, but but also very much the narratively. I think I love the idea of Journey to the West. I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan growing up, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Goku was inspired by that. So I yeah. think it's just kind of the same vein. Obviously, very different things. Yeah. Um, but still, like I just love the idea of like Sun Wukong going through a mystical world with his staff and, and trying to find himself and, and find enlightenment. I think it's I think he's trying to find enlightenment. But I'm not yeah, positive that on sounds, that. That sounds right. I don't. I'm not. It sounds right. Yeah. He had a lot of Buddhist vibes, but I could be very wrong. Yeah. With that, that also that would make sense. Yeah, but. Ryan, what is your last game on your list? My last game. Um, it was. I was. I was having a hard time deciding what I wanted to do for my last game. I think every year uh, I have games I'm excited for, and the games that I love most are games that like come out of nowhere, and they're these like either these weird indie games or there's these like big games that are very exciting that I know nothing about. And I think we're seeing as like instead of an E3, there is now like a PlayStation showcase, a Nintendo showcase, yeah. and that really changes how these things work. But I had to pick something, and I didn't want it to be Destiny, so I picked Star Wars Outlaws. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm excited uh, for just more Star Wars stories. I think uh, Jedi Survivor showed that like you can tell really good narratives. Um, What's, no, not Survivor. I mean, that one was also fine. How, how dare you? <laughs> the other one. We already bashed it. The first one. Uh, Fallen Order? Fall, uh, Fallen yeah. Order, yeah. Uh, Fallen Order shows that you can tell some like really good Star Wars stories and, and create these really beautiful worlds and add more life to them. And, I, I mean, I think I'm very excited for a more grounded, dirtier, grittier, like, yes. you know, scoundrel focus of this story and not like the, yes. you know, knights and evil, you know, story that, yes. that is told through the Jedi. I think that story is also interesting and has a place, but I think we've seen a lot of that. And I'm excited to see, like, I'm excited to hang out and, like, 
you know, one of the hundred of undercities of Coruscant, right? And, like, the underworld there seems very exciting and cool and getting to meet cool bounty hunters. And and I think I'm excited to see what that would look like, and I'm hoping it's done well. I think, I don't know if that's still the case. Amy Hennig, right? She left Uncharted to go work on this and then left. Yeah, I think. Or something like yes. that. Yes. Um, I don't know, but. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Unless that was for that other game that, that was also looked very exciting and then is never going to come out. Um, Bounty Hunters. Yeah. Or Bounty 1313 or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Either yeah. way, I'm excited for more Star Wars stories. I am a big Star Wars fan, even though I am way behind in watching Star Wars things. Uh, I'm still very excited to see, uh, you know, more Garden Star game where I get to shoot people with a blaster. And leaning into that, like, West Space Western stuff, which I really love. That I think I am, I am right there with you. Um, so I'm trying, to find more, uh, I'm trying to find out more about Amy Heading, and I don't think I'm spelling her name right. It's okay. Whatever. Um, but I feel you. I'm, I think I'm kind of really tired of the Jedi Sith narrative of Star Wars. Like, I'm just so... Yeah. It's like the MCU effect. I'm just kind of burnt out on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. There's good and evil. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's space. There's lightsabers. I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah. I love the idea of, like, I think, like you said, like a more dirty, scoundrel, scavenger story. More like a Rogue One story mm-hmm. than it is like a, you know, Empire Strikes Back story. Yeah. I, that makes sense. Or, yeah. or, you know, or more like a, yeah. Something more. Or maybe a better one is like Rogue, Rogue One compared to like Star Wars Episode One. Yeah. The Phantom Mass, you know yeah. that kind of difference. Like, I think, I don't know. I'm just so I'm, I I love the idea of, like of focusing on someone who doesn't have mystical powers or has a space sword and has just a blaster and is just trying to make a living, mm-hmm. doing something that they shouldn't be doing. I think that's more fun and more interesting right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm hopeful that Star Wars Outlaws, d- you know, does well. I feel like I think this is like, and I have nothing to show for this, no evidence to support this at all. I feel like this is like Ubisoft's like uh, yeah. not last stand, but like it's gonna be a huge deal for them yeah that this does well yeah because if it doesn't i i do worry for them a little yeah. bit yeah i was i yeah. i mean i think avatar did better than i was expecting i i have no interest in playing i've heard it did okay like sales wise oh, okay i haven't seen any that i have no data other than like reading some articles online to support that it, yeah it could have bombed and lost all of its money i have no i but i saw a couple <laughs> things that said it did okay but i think like skull and bones has like tarnished uh, that whole experience yes. so much from everything I've heard of it and like Assassin's Creed kind of not showing up and, and, and you know being the flagpole of the industry it was um, I mm-hmm. think they definitely need some some wins um, to, to you know keep things going I mean they have yeah. Ubisoft has a ton of money and a ton of studios but like to continue to be like a mainstay studio that people care about I think they need to get some wins yeah I agree I agree I think yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know if Avatar did well or not. I mean, I saw people posting about it, and it, I guess it's very pretty, but it's just not. I don't really care about Avatar, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and that's between just the story, and I don't like James Cameron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but whatever. That's not the point. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I just it, it breaks my heart that Assassin's Creed isn't doing as well as it used to yeah. be. You know yeah. what I mean? I think about Unity and how excited I was for Unity. Yeah. Um, and I think and I think Mirage is more like that kind yeah, of right. Definitely, the idea, it, it, yeah, it, the gameplay. Gameplay feels a lot more similar to a Unity than like the big open world games. I don't know yeah. if narratively it lands in the same place, but gameplay wise, yeah. it definitely does. And I'm hoping if they iterate on Mirage and maybe give it the love it deserves, they could have like these two very good series that are coming out of like open world, more focused, open world, more focused. Um, yeah. Cause I'm hopeful that red will be good. Um, it has a pretty cool premise. We'll see. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I just I've never played um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> so much Valhalla. So confusing. Assassin's Creed Valhalla has a DLC called Ragnarok, and God of War Ragnarok oh has my a DLC God. called Valhalla. I didn't know that. Uh, I just forgot about that. Uh, I yeah, I don't know because I know that I know that what's his face from Mirage is in yeah Valhalla. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know if I'll ever play Valhalla because it's a big experience. I don't know what's gonna and then I'll have to just spoil what happens for myself in that. I don't know. Yeah, just we'll go see. watch YouTube. It's fine. It's just watching. Yeah, just <laughs> so much. This is so much. It's like when it, I was telling you this b- before we started, but like Kingdom Hearts for me is done. Like I know they're making a fourth one, obviously, and yeah. it'll continue on. But for me, narratively, I'm just so done with it. I think for me, it ends at two yeah. because it's just become so convoluted and, and just so hard to follow that um, it doesn't feel worth even trying yeah. at this point. Yeah, and I feel like Assassin's Creed is, is kind of gone down that same road. Um, where it's just I have no idea what's even happening anymore and it's so hard to follow because these experiences are just so huge and so vast that it's hard to put the time into them. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's hard to tell a good story in a big world, I think. Yeah, yeah. But story goers, what game, what narrative game are you looking forward to in 2024? We're curious what your thoughts are. Send us an email, your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives to talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All the E's are threes on our social medias. Leave a voicemail or text at 207-494-4334 or answer the poll question below if you're on Spotify. We'll read all those in a future episode. Of course, if you feel in your heart of hearts to donate to our Patreon, we have exclusive episodes up on there right now, as well as some of our past scripts. We're going to try to get more of those out there soon, as well as the warm, fuzzy feelings of supporting your favorite podcast. By the way, our Spotify wrapped release. It was really cool. I forgot to post it. Um, but said the 88 of you, 88 people, this was your number one podcast. So oh, thank you amazing. so much. So yeah, cool. that is so cool. Um, so that's very, it was very, very cool to see that. Of course, there's more than, you know, but there's much more people who listen and who seem to enjoy it. So thank you to everybody who listened in 2023. Uh, we really appreciate you a lot. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, last but not least, I had this question I wanted to ask you, Ryan, at the end of the at the end yeah. of this episode. Yeah, yeah. With 2024 being here now, mm-hmm. a lot of the talk is, what will Nintendo do? Do you think, Ryan, that Nintendo will release, will announce and release a Switch 2 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this year? I think it's probably dependent on... Um, I mean, it probably depends on the Switch sales yeah. at the end of 2023. And if they're ready to move on from that and like just take another year working on this thing, or if the sales have dipped enough that they feel like it's time to release something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope they release something new, even though, you know, I don't want to spend more money in the world. I'm excited for more, <laughs> co- more cool game things. And I would love to have, you know, another Nintendo system to play things on. I think like, you know, you can say anything you want about the switch, but it is like, just such a cool system that probably is like has the really captured the hearts of a lot of folks over these past several years it's been out in a way that like sony and and xbox just can't even though i don't think sales wise i don't know where it's at but it just like nintendo is is so perfectly positioned to just do whatever they want and because they do it well will make money um so it probably i think it entirely depends on you know how sales were and i think we'll know based on you know in the coming months if they do it they i think they usually do a nintendo direct in february 
I think yeah. if they do a direct in February and they announce some new games, then we know, okay, another year of Switch. If they do a direct in February and, like, only announce, you know, re-releases like they're doing right now, because, like, there hasn't been a new, new game except for the Peach game that's coming out. Um, yeah. These past few years, to, or this year, there's nothing huge coming out except that. Um, and Donkey Kong and Mario, I guess. So there's a couple things coming out. Yeah. But I think there, I, it certainly feels like, from uh, from an outsider perspective, that a lot of the stuff they're making right now is just re-releases and remasters, and that to me signals that they're preparing for something. I guess it's just a matter of preparing for fall of 2024, which I think would be probably the best time to do something like this, or preparing mm-hmm. for you know the following spring or something like that. Uh, so I think we'll know soon, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hope yes. I think I think it's time. I don't know if the it's, it'll probably be a financial decision, but I'm gonna. I hope so. I'm excited for, yeah. for more cool stuff. Me too. Me too. I think I also agree. I think I think it will come out this year. I think they will announce it, and I think it will come out this year because now that all the talk around the PS5 and the Xbox, whatever at this point, <laughs> I forget. I mix them up. Um, not, they haven't died down, but it's kind of become more main, like just more neutral yeah. in the conversation. Yeah. I think that now is when Nintendo would want to strike and stand out about the rest. Because they're not really so much competing with PlayStation and, and Xbox, but they also want to get buried by the news of all their stuff going on. So I think you're right, Ryan. I think now is like a really good time with February coming up to be like, hey, this is coming out in the fall. Get ready. And here's all these games you look forward to to build up that hype yeah. for when it drops in the fall. Because then once it drops in the fall, that first release comes out, they're already be producing enough to go into the holiday season with it. So it'll just be the next big thing for that for holiday 2024. Yeah. With potentially Metroid Prime, the new Mario, the new, you know, all these different things they can announce for it. Yeah, I mean, I think when the Switch came out, it came out with Odyssey, and they released. I think Breath of the Wild came out with it, but also it was on the Wii U. Um, I think if they could if they could release it with a bunch of really great games, I think it's gonna go a long way. And I I, I didn't even think yeah. about that, but like coming go releasing off cycle from the Xbox and PlayStation cycle is is a genius idea because like like you said, really they don't need to compete with them because like they're gonna just the people who love it are gonna buy it no matter what. And right. I think they have a different player base. It overlaps. I think they probably have a different player base that they're speaking to um, than like Xbox and Sony. Um, so I yeah. think that's a great. Yeah, I think that's very smart. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised honestly with the way things are going because like Nintendo will always, I think, be a little behind power wise in their consoles at least in the near future. Yeah. I think cause we saw it with the Switch and then and then you know the PlayStation, the Xbox being a little bit more or much more stronger. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo's like, you know what? No more third-party games. Because, like, they always, they always back... Not, not so much third-party, but, like, really, like... Mortal Kombat 1 was a, a clear example. Like, when it released, it released really bad. And it was just really bad, bad like... Yeah. yeah, it was it looked horrible on the Switch. Uh, it was just bad press towards the Switch. I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo's like, you know what? No, no more. We don't need to do this anymore. Like, we'll see. That, that'd be a huge that'd be a huge jump. You know what I mean? Because I feel like people who buy fighting games like that on the switch probably more casual players mm-hmm. um but i kind of feel like that just hurts the casual fighting game scene yeah. a lot because it's like why did i buy this game now it just feels like i got ripped off because it looks so bad yeah when i could have bought it on playstation or bought it on xbox but whatever that's the whole besides the point um but i do think the switch 2 will come out we'll see mm-hmm. but i'm excited for it we'll see i hope i hope so yeah i think it's, it's time it's it, it's been a long time it's, you know and uh, I just really hope they fix Joy Kong Drift because man, I suffer with it every day. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. Uh, Storygoers, hopefully you're happy, healthy, and well. Enjoy the new year. Happy 2024. 
And thank you again for listening to us in 2023 and hopefully for the next year to come. Uh, Stay safe and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.